Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Mick Mixon joins us live from Carolina Panthers camp. It is reporting day in Spartanburg, the voice of the Panthers in 60 minutes. Joining us now, a guy who is from Hope Mills, North Carolina, near Fayetteville. He was a star at Jack Britt High School right there in that great city. Went on to become a first-team All-ACC offensive lineman and a team captain for that Dabo Sweeney guy on the other side of the state line, leader of the Clemson Tigers. And he has made the conversion from offensive lineman to college football analyst, including for the brand new Coming to You, launching on August 22nd ACC Network, Eric McLean. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? Let's go, man. I'm excited. Thank you guys for having me today. It's great to have you. Let's just get something right out of the gate accomplished because this is your first visit to our show, I believe, unless we were able to interview you during your time with the Clemson Tigers, which is possible. All right, it's M-A-C and then a capital L-A-I-N. Now, do we, there should there be also a space in between there. So it's two words. It's super fun to deal with. Should, <laughs> should we pause just a little bit? Because even when I think like Jeff Van Gundy, it kind of rolls, right? Eric McLean. I could, or is there a more dramatic pause? You know, if you throw a little dramatic pause in there, that's great. But as long as it's not Mick or. Uh, you know, something of that. As long as you get the Mac in the lane, I'm see. good with it. Eric, for those who don't know, looks very friendly for the record. But if you met him in person, you'd pretty much call him anything that he asked you to call him. He is a former <laughs> offensive lineman. He is not a guy that you would want to mess with unless, of course, he's on your team in the dark alley or on the football field. All right, let's get to this serious stuff. One more personal thing. You know, we have a statewide show here in North Carolina. I, I am always happy for guys like you who find great success elsewhere. Of course, it's not like we're rooting against you as you cross the state line and play for Dabo. <laughs> but what can you tell us back in the day? Because Dabo has built this amazing dynasty. He's a two-time national champion. You helped him win conference titles, and he's at four in a row right now. Um, what? Why did you leave our state? Was it more falling in love with Clemson? Did, did others around here not try to get you out of Jack Britt High School? How did that go? Yeah, so I, I think what was a little bit different for me is, is being in a military family. You know, we, we weren't really – rooted in North Carolina. Uh -huh. I didn't grow up there. I, I was just there for four years of high school. Um, so it's not like we grew up, uh, you know, watching Carolina football or Duke football or NC State football, any of those guys. Um, and, and really, I, I was going to the University of Tennessee my whole life. Uh, and then when, you know, Philip Homer and those guys got fired, uh, one of the coaches from the staff uh, got hired at Clemson. And then, yeah, just, just getting on that campus and and falling in love. It, it was nothing negative uh, to any of the North Carolina schools. I just, you know, found home in purple and orange. Eric McLean joining us from the ACC Network. You can follow him at that Twitter handle, at Eric McLean, the ACC Network, coming on August 22nd. I saw recently, you know, I mean, you know this, SEC football fans, speaking of Tennessee, often talk about getting into the heads of ACC coaches or ACC players or ACC fans. Can we now say that Clemson is in the heads of SEC coaches and players? I mean, I got Will Muschamp of South Carolina having to answer a question about being the Tigers' little brother there with the Gamecocks. You got Nick Saban, like, defending, hey, I tried to hire Dabo one time. I know he played at Alabama. I know you, maybe you weren't at the SEC media days, but what have you made of all that? Because it looks like the shoe has been on the other foot. 
you know, I'm going to tread lightly here, but I think that any team that is, uh, you know, number one in the country or, or perceived as one of the best, if not the best team in the country, you know, is going to be talked about uh, near and far and wide. So I think when you see this rivalry that has created itself in the last four, four or five years uh, with Clemson versus Alabama, you know, that's going to be the talk of the town. There's no doubt that, uh, you know, Alabama's won, I think it was five of the last ten national yeah. championships, Clemson with three of the last six. So, I mean, there's no doubt that Alabama's going to be receiving a bunch of questions about Alabama and vice versa. So, you know, I don't necessarily think that, you know, either one of them, you know, live in anybody's head. Uh, but I think that there's no doubt that it's a uh, topic of discussion and a high topic of interest when either of those teams are on a pedestal. I'm about to mention a few things that Dabo is in the midst of in terms of really outstanding streaks. And, of course, you were a part of much of this playing for the Tigers uh, as recently as 2015. It is now eight straight years of 10 or more wins. It is four straight ACC titles. It's, of course, two of the last three national championships. He's been ranked in the national top 10 six of the last seven years. And I mean, like, in the, in the final polls. I believe only Bobby Bowden of Florida State has ever been a better ACC football coach in terms of a resume than what Dabo has accomplished by the age of 49 years old. You played for him. What do you tell outsiders? You know, what, is, what could you share about Dabo that most of us on the outside, and even we've interviewed him many times, but that, that maybe we probably would not know that you lived through as one of his players for five years? You know, I think definitely with the day and age of, of social media, of access, of, you know, all these giant TV deals and the coverage that the sport gets, I, I think it's hard to imagine that there's something that the general public doesn't know about Dabo, right? Yeah. I think especially with the success and, um, you know, that also comes scrutiny. I think there's there's not a rock that's really unturned, um, but maybe it's the depth and the level uh, of which he really does love his players. I mean, you hear it all the time that, you know, he's a player's coach and, uh, you know, he, he looks after his guys. But, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Even to this day, he'll go to bat for any one of his guys that have gone through his program and, and graduated from his program or, or served their time with him. And, and that's just the kind of man he is. You know, he fully believes in everybody he goes after. And, and it's not a knock on other programs, but there's sometimes when a guy isn't uh, the level of player that they might have thought he was throughout the recruiting process, and then they either – pull a scholarship or, or advise him to move on. You know, Dabo Sweeney is fully invested as you as a human being, regardless of your talent. Obviously, it helps out when you're a superstar player for him on both levels, but he's much more interested in developing his student-athletes as men and then knows that the rest will take care of itself. Eric McLean of the ACC Network is joining us on the David Glenn Show. We've had an entire generation of offensive linemen try to convince us as guests like y'all are the smartest you know you're the most handsome sometimes you're the best dancers and all the rest now as an analyst of course the football iq is going to have to come out serious question given your place in the trenches acc wise of give with your time with the tigers what do you make of being able to see this great game from maybe more angles that, that sometimes does translate well to radio or TV or whatever else? Is there something to that, or is that just, you know, the running joke in the offensive lineman community? I know. I think, you know, it's spot on, man. We're, we're definitely the best looking, <laughs> uh, probably close to the smartest. And I, I don't know about the dancing side, but <laughs> definitely the, the top two and the other one. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just very excited to – 
to be able to give viewers, uh, you know, a different point of view. Obviously, the guys I'm working with, uh, a great head coach with Mark Rick, and then uh, a great quarterback in E.J. Manuel. So we have three really offensive-minded guys who will be on the show that, you know, I just hope that we can all, you know, develop and create different insights for these guys uh, and our viewers uh, that just is a unique experience, and, you know, it's going to be a fun time. I'll have one more question about Clemson because the Tigers just got 13 of the 27 players named to the All-ACC first team. I voted in that, and I voted for a lot of Tigers, so I'm not rolling my eyes at that number. But let's jump to the Coastal real quickly. That has been chaos, as you know, six different winners the last six years. Who was your pick to win the ACC's Coastal Division and why? You know, I I, I went with the, the popular opinion. I went with Virginia. I think when you look at what they – have coming back, especially on the offensive side of the ball with Bryce Perkins. I mean, if he can be a fraction of a dynamic guy as he was last year statistically, and I know he's gotten better with fundamentals and, you know, just hearing his coach challenge him in the, the big moments saying, hey, look, you know, you did great overall, but there were times where we were in overtime or we needed a, a big third down conversion or fourth down conversion, and we need you to step up and, and do even bigger and better things than you did. And you know, he has that written on his mirror at home. And, uh, you know, just the accountability that he is throwing this team on his shoulders. Um, you know, I think if he can replicate his numbers at all, he's going to be an absolute terror for defensive coordinators and defenses across the ACC. And then you look on the other side uh, with Bryce Hall, you know, arguably the best defensive back in the country who decided to come back. I mean, he could have left and made a ton of money, but he felt like this team was special. There was something to prove. And, you know, they want to go out and win a championship. So I think on the coastal side, they're, they're going to be my pick. But if Miami can figure it out, I mean, it was just a couple of months ago, they were undefeated number two in the country. So I think if anybody can do it the quickest of, you know, the sleeping blue bloods, that is Florida State, Miami, Virginia Tech, you know, I think Miami's right there. So if, if Manny Diaz can figure it out, it's going to be a, a dangerous year for people going against the Hurricanes. As you know, Clemson has won four straight ACC titles, five overall under Dabo. And in the last four years, their conference record is 30 wins and only two losses. So, of course, that suggests a pretty big gap, Clemson and everybody else. When you saw that the Tigers had 13 of the 27 names on that first team All-ACC, do you believe, like, the, the, the just-for-fun hypothetical question has been, you got to tell me that the other 13 could put together an all-star team that would be good enough to beat Clemson, right? I mean, like, that only happens in an imaginary world. But the gap isn't that, that large, is it? You know, I, I saw David Hales talking about that uh, on Twitter last night, kind of the, the rest of y'all ACC team, which, which didn't include any ACC right. players. I think it'd be interesting. I think that uh, at the end of the day, Clemson has – the most dynamic offense we're going to see this year in terms of guys coming back. Um, but, yeah, you've got to think that many all-star caliber players on one team would have to beat the Tigers. So it would be a, it would be a fun matchup, no doubt, to see. Last thing for you, Eric McLean of the ACC Network on Twitter, at Eric McLean. Just remember to put the A in Mac, at, Mac, at Eric McLean. Uh, four teams in the ACC here in our statewide audience among Duke State, Carolina, and Wake Forest, which do you see as having the most optimistic outlook this season and why? I think when you look at this season, um, again, just knowing kind of what they lost, what they have coming back, you know, NC State's been the popular pick. I, th I think that 
a lot of people are believing in Dave Dorn. He's just got the big extension. He's got some experience coming uh, back on defense, but lost a ton on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, but I think I'm going to go with Duke. I think that when you have a fifth-year senior, a guy who, who has been in a leadership position, who's replacing, you know, your, your first-round, fifth-overall, sixth-overall draft pick, um, that's a tough thing to do. But when you have a fifth-year senior doing it, uh, it makes things a little bit easier. So uh, a lot of people, I think, are sleeping on Duke, and I, I think I'm going to go with them. Eric McLean of the ACC Network, thank you for this visit. We look forward to knocking on your door again, and congratulations uh, on getting this cool gig with the ACC Network, man. We look forward to your future visits. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Look forward to it. You got it. Eric McLean, formerly of the Clemson Tigers, team captain, first-team All-ACC offensive lineman from Fayetteville, but like a twist, right? Jack Britt High School, military family, not the deep roots here. So did not know he was going to play for the Tennessee Volunteers until a late coaching change there. Dabo and the Tigers were the beneficiary of that switch. Mick Mixon joins us live from Spartanburg, South Carolina. He is the play-by-play voice of the Carolina Panthers. They are reporting today. The, the true football is really beginning tomorrow, but you're, you picture professional athletes, many of them, if not a large majority of them, millionaires or multimillionaires, moving into college dorm rooms like there's something funny about that i've i've moved my son into two different university dorm rooms i mean he's at he's at ecu right now uh living in an apartment technically but i helped him move in there's nothing all that luxurious about most college dorm rooms or near college apartments i know you can go all high end these days with some college area apartments we don't do things that way in the glenn family i'm helping you pay your way through college and hopefully graduate with no debt that's that's our gift you're not living in the taj mahal as you earn that degree at ecu anthony got straight a's last semester did i share that on the air i can't remember anyway avery is at meredith college as we speak she is moving out of the Meredith College dorm. She's not a student there. She's been a part of something called Gov School. Is it, is it a humble brag, Darren, if I mention that there are <laughs> like 100,000 high school students in North Carolina and only like 600 get invited to governor school? Is, that's not, that's just and a your brag. daughter was one of them, huh? That's just a brag? <laughs> I don't know. I forget how that works. Uh, we're supposed to brag on our kids when they do things correctly, right? For sure. I'll allow it. I leave out all the bad stuff. It's not like it's not there. <laughs> you know our family well. I could I could lay into them right now. Actually, well, I, have, <laughs> I have one idea for each of the two as we speak. But they are overwhelmingly good kids. I remember the looks on their faces when you moved into relatively primitive I mean, we live in a nice house. It's not the Taj Mahal, but they each have their own room, plenty of space, a little luxury. You got your dog running around. The lovely and talented Maria takes great care of them. It is primitive when you move into your college campus compared to what you get back at the Glen compound, okay? These are multimillionaires moving into Wofford College today. And spending a long time there. That's the funniest part about it today for me. I mean, the footballs start flying for real tomorrow. Mick Mixon will join us today. We'll give a little bit of an outlook. The question of the day, so far more of you agreeing with me than disagreeing, but it's not by a large margin. I'd say it's 60% agree with me. Does this look like a playoff team to you? Why or why not? So far on Twitter, at David Glenn Show, email dglenn at accsports.com. 
About 60% of you agree with me. Yes, it does look like a playoff team. About 40% of you are saying, no, we're too optimistic. They missed it two of the last three years, and you predict the Panthers to miss the playoffs again. Does this team look like a playoff team to you? Why or why not? You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. Mick Mixon, play-by-play voice of the Panthers, will remind us who's back. Key questions beyond Cam Newton's surgically repaired right shoulder. I think it's a Panthers team that will make the playoffs if you can get that nice combination that starts with good health. Healthy Cam plus Christian McCaffrey plus healthy Greg Olson at tight end plus Norv Turner, who looked really good last year as the new coordinator before Cam got hurt, plus revised offensive line. They got one of the top centers in the NFL, again, assuming he is healthy, Matt Paradis, to fill in for the retiring uh, Ryan Khalil. You have a rebuilt defensive line, but still guys like K.K. Short on the line and Luke Keekley in that front seven. You have Eric Reed and James Bradbury among the returnees in the secondary. You have solid special teams the overwhelming majority of the time, sometimes better than solid. To me, that sounds like a playoff team. Now, you have to hope the Buccaneers are bad. You have to hope the Saints aren't quite as good as they were last year. Bruce Arians new in Tampa, of course. You hope the Falcons have a roller coaster season again. It is. A, it has been in some years a tricky NFC South, in others more manageable, including that 2015 season where Cam was the MVP. The Panthers were 15 and one, and they came just one game short of winning what would have been the franchise's first Super Bowl title. Mick Mixon on the Panthers in 40 minutes. Your answers to our question of the day. There are a few of them. Do the Panthers look like a playoff team to you? Why or why not? The Athletic has a new article by Mike Sando, who does a version of this every year. They rank the starting QBs from 1 through 32. The only eight guys, as voted by actual NFL coaches and executives, to be described as Tier 1 QBs this year were in order Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Russell Wilson. Cam came in 15th of 32. My question about those top eight, who should not be included or who is missing from that top eight for you as an NFL fan? And because Zion Williamson of Duke just joined LeBron James and Kevin Durant as signing one of the biggest NBA rookie shoe deals in the history of that league, do you or the sneaker-wearing kids you know want to be like Zion? Because Jordan Brand is investing $75 million in that young man, and some folks aren't sure whether he'll be a good enough player to live up to his deal the way, obviously, LeBron and KD have lived up to theirs, financially and otherwise. 1-800-849-2761. Jordan Brand plus Zion Williamson. Cats and dogs playing together. Your phone calls and those headlines. 1-800-849-2761. Next on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Questions of the day. Mick Mixon live from Panthers camp in Spartanburg. It is reporting day. Millionaires moving into college dorm rooms. Since Zion Williamson has agreed to one of the biggest rookie shoe deals in NBA history, we're asking this. Do you or the sneaker-wearing kids you know want to be like Zion? Because you got to sell a lot of shoes to be able to profit off of Jordan Brand in this case. 
the wonderkind that is Zion Williamson. Would you believe that way back when Michael Jordan signed with Nike out of the University of North Carolina, they had some estimates where there were, you know, clauses in there where you had to meet an incentive to guarantee certain financial triggers. And one of the numbers in there was, I mean, can you picture this conversation in 1984? The world has changed. We have a Panthers question out there. Does this look like a playoff team to you? Why or why not? I say yes. Almost two-thirds of the audience agrees with me. Uh, more than a third are saying no. The Panthers have too many red flags or question marks. And the quarterback rankings are out today. Cam came in at number 15, one through eight on Mike Sando's list at The Athletic after talking with more than 50 coaches and executives of the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Philip Rivers, Big Ben, Russell Wilson. So there was a clause in Michael's contract in 1984. I kid you not, you can look this up. As long as we sell $4 million worth of sneakers, you, you'll hit your bonuses and we'll extend your contract. Like they sold hundreds of millions of dollars worth of sneakers, but that is how nerve-wracking this stuff can be. We all look back and say, well, Michael's the guy who won six NBA titles. Michael's the guy who starred in Space Jam. Michael's the guy who's known as the GOAT of basketball history, but one of the greatest in pitchman history. I mean, Jumping Man is the logo made about him. It's like, you know, Jerry West is the logo for the NBA. Michael has built an empire under the Nike umbrella that is about Michael, the Jordan brand. Nike is the most powerful by many measuring sticks, including roughly two-thirds of the NBA work with Nike. Now, they don't all have deals like LeBron and KD have. They signed with Nike coming out of high school and college, and they're still with Nike on even bigger dollar contracts than what they signed as rookies. Zion Williamson just got a reported $75 million over seven years. Do you know where that slots in the history of NBA rookies? Second. He just knocked Kevin Durant to third place. KD apparently was offered even more money by Adidas after he left Texas after only one year. He so loved the Nike product, and these guys are sensitive about what they wear, right? If you're a brilliant basketball player, I've met guys that don't think it has anything to do with the shoes, and then I've met even more who say it's got to be the shoes, right? Or at least that's part of my success, my comfort level. Kevin Durant turned down more money from Adidas to sign a seven-year, $60 million deal with Nike 10 years ago. He has re-signed with them since then and made even more money, of course. LeBron has the all-time record. 2003, straight out of high school, seven years, $87 million. Re-signed, re-signed, now has a lifetime deal at even bigger money. You got to sell a lot of shoes to justify that kind of money. The investment in LeBron clearly worked. We know 16 years later, that's a win for everybody. The investment in KD clearly worked. KD has gotten that money and more. But Nike has benefited in even bigger financial ways. That's how successful business transactions work, right? Both sides benefited in big ways. For Zion Williamson to live up to the seven years and $75 million, he's got to continue to be the charismatic guy that I wouldn't bet against. He has a fun personality. We've talked to him here at the David Glenn Show. Fun personality, charisma, obviously a YouTube sensation, social media sensation. I don't doubt those things at all. You must prove to be not just a good NBA player. You must prove to be one of the best NBA players. 
for your seven-year, $75 million deal with Jordan Brand announced yesterday. I think Michael was quoted saying, Zion is convinced that he's going to shock the world, and we believe him, and that's why we're investing in him, paraphrasing Michael Jordan's words as quoted by the Jordan Brand release. You better be right. You have to be right about both the charisma element and the YouTube social media sensation element. Those, I think, much closer to sure things. It's harder to be the sure thing in basketball. And I say that as a guy who wrote for The Athletic that Zion Williamson had one of the greatest rookie seasons in the history of college basketball. It's not like I'm down on Zion. It's not like I thought New Orleans was crazy for picking him number one overall. I would have done the same thing. I, I honestly believe that Anthony Davis's rookie year at Kentucky was the greatest of all time. And you can throw others in there, right? Kevin Durant, one year at Texas, certainly is up there somewhere. It's hard to beat AD because he won the national championship and he was the national player of the year as a one-and-done guy for the Wildcats. Team success plus the highest level of individual success, I think that's where the bar is set. Duke didn't win at all, but Zion statistically had one of the greatest seasons in, in of, uh, Jay Billis was like, that's the greatest freshman season in Duke history, and that's one of the greatest freshman seasons in NCAA history. So all the credentials looking backward are there. Does your crystal ball say both? Zion will prove to be one of the very best players in the NBA, as LeBron and KD both have, living up to their record shoe deals. And what about the other part? Do you or the sneaker-wearing kids you know want to be like Zion to steal the phrase from the Wanna Be Like Mike campaign from years ago. 1-800-849-2761. If you want in on the Zion question, that same number. If you want in on the Panthers question, does this look like a playoff team to you? Why or why not? Van is in Burlington, North Carolina. And next up on the David Glenn Show, as Darren Vaught plays Wanna Be Like Mike music in the background. What's going on, Van? Uh, yes. Uh, the Panthers... First of all, they started off 6-2 and two last year yep. until he got hurt. At that record, they would have automatically been in the playoffs. Uh, they got players from Tampa Bay that played the New Orleans Saints in Atlanta four games a season, and we picked them up. So they're used to uh, the, uh, the teams in the South True. Conference. Yeah, Gerald McCoy. And, uh, we picked up uh, one, two, three edge rushers that uh, go along with Addison. And the thing is, uh, with that, the Panthers can be far better than they were last year, and uh, this is why they're going to be in the Super Bowl and not a, just a playoff team, but they're going to go all the way this year. Mark it down. Van in Burlington, July 24th, 2019. Bob Mueller had a big day in his own way. Van in Burlington is having a big day in his own way. The Carolina Panthers to win the Super Bowl after the 2019 season. Van, thank you for listening and calling into the David Glenn Show. Did you mark that down? We actually have an annual contest where some of the bigger prizes that we have available all year long you can win them with the annual NFL kickoff challenge. We're not there quite yet. We like to see preseason practice unfold a little bit, get a, closer to, a little closer to the regular season openers. Uh, but we, we can mark Van down. Now, he's going to have to give us all the other picks if he wants to qualify for the challenge. That's next month. After I get back from London, we'll have a little bit of fun with that. He's right, though. Again, assuming good health, I don't see the reason to be pessimism pessimistic I'm, I'm not quite with van ready to call the panthers this year's super bowl champions i believe in a healthy cam newton as a top 10 quarterback in this league christian mccaffrey 
is everything you could have possibly wanted him to be and more as a dual threat at the running back position. Cross your fingers on Greg Olson's health again, but he has nice backups, Ian Thomas and otherwise, and he's back. Hopefully he can be that 1,000-yard guy when he's healthy. He's been one of the most prolific pass-catching tight ends in NFL history when healthy. They need more of that version of Greg Olson, of course, as he gets older. I like the offensive line, again, if it stays healthy. I like the defensive front if it stays healthy. Bruce Irvin is a little bit longer in the tooth now. That's a new new face at defensive end slash linebacker. One unanswered question. We don't – I trust Ron Rivera as a defensive guy. I've been watching the guy since he played linebacker for the Bears. And then he worked his way up the ranks as an assistant coach and a well-respected defensive coordinator. That led to his first job, of course, as a head coach, Panthers, back in 2011. I trust Ron Rivera as a leader and as a defensive guru. Remember, when he took play-calling duties back last year, the Panthers got better on defense. The guy is, is truly brilliant on that side of the ball. And at this point, he's one of the longer-tenured coaches, head coaches in the entire NFL. I mean, there's only, I think, five or six ahead of him at this point. He knows his personnel. He knows that defense. And he's throwing, with the permission of the owner, David Tepper, a curveball this year. Now, it's not starting tomorrow in Spartanburg. They, they worked on these things in the offseason as well, OTAs, minicamp, video room, and otherwise. He's going hybrid. People ask, do you run a 4-3 or do you run a 3-4? And Ron Rivera's answer starting this year is yes. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> well, which is it, coach? Yes. I run a 4-3 and I run a 3-4. And I'm not telling you which one it's going to be on a given play. And think about the athletes now. In the middle, you have K.K. Short, a pro bowler at his best. Gerald McCoy, that Van just mentioned, pick up from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, a little old, longer in the tooth. You need these guys to continue to be productive as they get older. Bruce Irvin on the outside. Gerald McCoy really probably on the inside and the outside. Don Terry Poe is back from last year. Another huge body in the middle. Short and McCoy are such good athletes that in Ron Rivera's 3-4 or 4-3, yes, they can just – move them inside or outside like that's how athletic and strong those guys are so you can't just glance if Don Terry Poe is out there you know he's playing the fire hydrant tackle position okay if the other guys are out there you're not really sure what's coming just because you see him you don't Bruce Irvin's an end the the rookie out of Florida State Brian Burns is an end you got to start thinking about those guys as outside linebackers slash defensive end Brian Burns, what do you play, linebacker or defensive end? Yes, right? That's just going to be the – that's the answer this year. Uh, Shaq Thompson, somebody that Luke Keekley himself earlier today highlighted as his breakout player. And wouldn't that be great news for Ron Rivera and that defense? He's always been a nice player, sometimes on special teams, uh, a lot of times, you know, as the compliment to Luke Keekley and Shaq Thompson at line, uh, Luke Keekley and the now departed Thomas Davis at linebacker, always a good player. Runs like a deer for a linebacker, right, Shaq Thompson? Great player. I don't think he deserves that label yet. If Luke Keekley is right, and you have one of the best linebackers to come into the NFL in the last decade plus in Luke Keekley, and now next to him is Shaq Thompson, who can run like that combo linebacker end type guy. Bruce Irvin's added to that mix. Mario Addison, remember, is back at that job description. Do you play end? Do you play linebacker? Mario's new answer is yes, I do. 
We've thought of him as an end in the past. He's a hybrid now. They're, they're all hybrids except for Don Terry Poe, who's like 350-some pounds and is not going to be asked to be an edge rusher. Everybody else, that quarterback has to think, if this is a passing play, I'm not sure where that pressure is coming from. Keekley can do it. Shaq can do it. Irvin's a pass rusher, has been at his best. McCoy now, K.K. Short. Uh, Vernon Butler needs to step up on that defensive front as well. There are depth questions. There are some secondary questions. But I see a lot more good than bad when I look at the revised Carolina Panthers depth chart. No more Julius Peppers, but he was no longer a great player. No more Ryan Khalil, but they signed Matt Paradis of the Broncos for center. And when healthy, before he broke his leg, he was one of the best centers in the NFL. Now, how does he respond from a broken leg that took him off the Denver team late last year? I don't know. Cross your fingers for one more Red Cross-style question. No more Devin Funches. Nobody misses Devin Funches at wide receiver. No more Thomas Davis. I miss him for 100 reasons, but he was no longer an elite linebacker. I think that's fair to say, right? Healthy Cam, Christian McCaffrey, Greg Olson, Norv Turner, revised lines, K.K. Short, Luke Keekley, reliable special teams, man. Without surprises, to me, that looks like a playoff team. And who knows what surprises we might get. Do you believe in D.J. Moore at wide receiver? He was a playmaker who had more yards per catch. Or, no, I'm sorry, yards after catch among all NFL wide receivers than the Panthers rookie last year, D.J. Moore. Answer, nobody. Nobody in the league averaged more yards after catch. Remember some of those spinning catch and runs? That's against NFL-type talent now, not college. That's promising. How does he follow up his rookie year? We don't know. Could the Ohio State guy, Curtis Samuel, who has spent a lot of time in the tub, as the coaches say, right, on the sidelines getting trainer work, when healthy, he's dangerous. Some people think he could be a breakout guy. Chris Hogan is the arrived veteran wide receiver, maybe a little security blanket for Cam Newton as he makes his way into that rotation. They drafted Greg Little to be their left tackle someday. They drafted Brian Burns to be an immediate impact guy as an edge rusher. The kid Christian Miller out of Alabama, did you ever see him? Another guy that when he was hurt, you could forget about him. But when he was healthy for Nick Saban's Crimson Tide, they got Christian Miller in the fourth round. When that dude was healthy, he looked like what you think of when you think Alabama linebacker. A lot of Red Cross-style questions there. I know it. If even a majority of those go the right way for these Carolina Panthers, this is a playoff team. It's been eight years with Ron Rivera and Cam Newton. Four years they missed the playoffs. Four years they make the playoffs. I believe they're going to make it five makes out of nine. Win your close games. Have Lady Luck smile on you just a little in the injury department and especially with Cam Newton's right shoulder, I see a lot more good signs than I see red flags as the Panthers report to Spartanburg today. 1-800-849-2761. We'll come back to your calls on the other side. Does this look like a playoff team to you? Why or why not? It's about 60% yes, 40% no so far. More optimists than pessimists, and I don't scare either. I wouldn't scare away phone calls of either sort. I don't think you're crazy. This is the NFL, man. There's no sure things. I mean, if you're a Patriots fan, you just expect to make it every year. Virtually everybody else knows the feeling of regular disappointments in those seasons where you felt good in August and then it, the bottom fell out. And we've certainly seen Panthers teams where you didn't feel all that great. And the next thing you know, 
the pieces fall into place and you're back in the playoffs. 1-800-849-2761. On the Zion Williamson story, do you or the sneaker-wearing kids you know want to be like Zion? They're going to have to be a lot of those folks for him to live up to that seven-year, $75 million deal. Those are the reported numbers for his contract with Jordan Brand announced just yesterday. More on the NFL's starting quarterbacks rated 1 through 32. Cam came in this year at number 15. More on that story with more of your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Mick Mixon, voice of the Carolina Panthers, live from Spartanburg. That's in less than 20 minutes. It's those stories and your calls next on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Let's get a couple of loyal listeners who have been willing to do the work and hang out as we pick through our various guests and take a few calls on the Zion Williamson NFL quarterback rankings and Carolina Panthers questions of the day. Mick Mixon live from Spartanburg in 15 minutes. Our question to Panthers fans is, does this look like a playoff team to you? Why or why not? About 60% or more are saying yes. Almost 40% are saying no. Chris and Jacob and others want in. Elsewhere in the NFL, Melvin Gordon, the star running back for the Chargers, is continuing to follow through on his holdout. So keep an eye on that one. Remember, Le'Veon Bell of the Steelers sat out an entire season under somewhat, kind of, sort of similar circumstances, but not exactly a year ago. Elsewhere, Jalen Ramsey had the most creative arrival at any training camp today. He showed up in an armored bank truck and had his own master of ceremonies shouting through a megaphone as he had previously said publicly that he wants a new contract, he wants more money, and the Jaguars have said that they are not ready to revisit that deal. Ramsey said back after June's mandatory minicamp practice that his agent told him the Jaguars will not give him a contract extension, at least not during this calendar year. He later joked on social media that he's going to, quote, ask for so much money, they'll have to put me on layaway. Jalen Ramsey certainly has lived up to the billing that he had coming out of Florida State. He's been an elite NFL player. He did show up in the armored bank truck, and his MC was screaming through the bullhorn, y'all know what time it is. A man's so good they're fixing to give him his own jail Jalen Towers because these receivers are on 24-hour lockdown. He's got eight master locks in his pocket. They're on lockdown all season. The man, the myth, Jalen Ramsey. That's what the MC says as Jalen Ramsey steps out of the armored bank truck. That's how he started his day. You think Mick Mixon has a story like that? The most creative arrival in Spartanburg for a member of the Carolina Panthers. I don't think it's going to involve a bullhorn, an MC, or an armored bank truck, but we'll try. Meanwhile, Adrian Peterson's attorney or representative said that despite him making almost $100 million as a professional athlete, he is in serious financial straits and on the wrong end of some lawsuits from creditors asking for their money. Can you imagine making that much money? and essentially being broke, be careful whom you trust out there, folks. That's my free legal advice of the day. Chris in Washington, North Carolina, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Thanks, DG. Thanks for having me on. Sure, man. Man, Jalen Ramsey is a fool. (laughs) (laughs) He's a wild man. He is. No doubt about it. That is hilarious. 
Look, the the Panthers, I think they're eight. They got a chance of running deep in the playoffs. Not not necessarily winning the Super Bowl. They might not make it to the NFC Championship, but I think they'll make it to the second round at least. What gives you the I most mean, you optimism? You, what my most optimistic part of it yeah. is making sure everybody stays healthy. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. You you go back to last season. We lost to the Lions. Missing a two-point conversion, all right? We lost to the Saints at home on Monday night because Cam couldn't drive down the field. We had a chance to win it. Cam, Cam's arm, Cam's shoulder just won't, yeah. won't, won't, it won't bear. Yeah. I was at the Falcons game at home Christmas Eve. We, Cam didn't, couldn't even play. Right. You know, and our defense, when, when the Falcons come out at halftime through the bomb, it, it was, you know, it was over then. But yeah, the, this, hey, the Panthers we saw through that 6-2 and two start, that was not a mirage. I think people are sometimes forgetting because they finished 7-9. and nine. That was a playoff caliber football team, period. So, yes, the Panthers have missed the playoffs two of the last three years. I get it. But that was a playoff caliber team before Cam's shoulder went out. And defenses and opponents reacted. I'm, I'm with Chris on his optimism. I think this is a playoff team. And you know what? In football, don't even worry about projecting how they'll do once the playoffs arrive. In this league, just get to the playoffs because you don't know some other favorites may be beaten up by then. They might lose their quarterback in week 16 or something crazy. If you get in... And you're healthy enough then? Well, then you'd start the dream all over. We're back after this on the David Glenn Show. Was there an armored bank truck style arrival with a carnival barker in Spartanburg today? Mick Mixon is the voice of the Carolina Panthers. And he joins us live next on the David Glenn Show.